can get through this. It's hard to believe this day has finally arrived, your high school graduation. We began this journey of homeschooling 13 years ago when you were just five years old. I wasn't so sure about homeschooling, and I said, we'll just take it one year at a time, and let's just see how it goes. And now 13 years have gone by. It was God's plan for you. In kindergarten, I remember you being eager to learn how to read, how to learn how to write, and do math. You were a good student from day one. My fondest memories of our homeschool years together took place when you were in third grade. We would cuddle together on the sofa. We would read the American. We'd read the American Girl book series. Your favorite American Girl was Josephina. And I remember you would read one page of the book and I would read the other. We would take turns. And that was a really special time for us. In fact, those are definitely my favorite memories of homeschooling you. Was just those times, us together. Um, well, we had Justin and you then. And so Justin would just kind of be close by us. And that was just a really special time. And I remember probably one of your happiest birthdays was when you got the Josephina doll. I think you were like 10 years old. And those are really good times, sweet memories. Uh, Lindsay, teaching you over the years has been a joy for me. It has not been a burden. We had our struggles when you were younger with Saxon math. I remember you hated Saxon math. You even struggled with Rebecca grammar, but overall, you made teaching an easy and rewarding experience for me. One of your dominant characteristics in life is diligence. Not once in your junior high or high school years of going to Biola Star and then to the Tory Academy did I ever have to look over your shoulder to see if you were getting your work done. You were always incredibly diligent. That was a gift to me. You've always been diligent, and this quality is one of the many highlights in your character. Another highlight is excellence. Not only do you work hard at your studies, but you do excellent work. I've seen you strive over term papers, writing and rewriting, discussing them with your dad if the subject was a theological one. You struggled to make your arguments clear and concise, and your grades demonstrated your tremendous efforts. Your work has paid off for you, and that you've been given an academic scholarship to Biola University, and you've been accepted into their Tory Honors Program. Diligent works of excellence will always pay off. Remember that. I am excited about the new journey ahead of you at Biola, and I will always remember your homeschool years as a delight.
the greatest joys of my life was seeing God do work in you over the last few years. You struggled over your salvation, and you wanted to make sure that your faith in God was genuine and not just the faith of your parents. The Lord gave you a heart to seek Him, to love Him in His Word, and a desire for Him to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. For a Christian parent, there is no greater joy. That has been your dad's and my prayer since you were born. I can relate uh, to the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the Galatian church and he cried, My little children, for whom I am again in anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Lindsay, that's the desire of my heart, for Christ to be formed in you. And I'm confident. Confident that he who began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Lastly, I want to exhort you from the book of Second Peter, chapter one, beginning with verse five. I feel like the Lord put the scripture in my heart for you. Lindsay, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, which is moral excellence, and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For Lindsay, if these qualities are yours and they are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Lindsay, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's my desire for you, my precious daughter. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then don't forget to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I love you dearly. I'm extremely I'm extremely proud of you. And I'm happy and thankful that God gave me the treasure of being your mom. I never heard of homeschooling growing up. In fact, I was probably 33 years old the first time I ever heard that there were a small percentage of families. It's good to hear. They don't send their kids off to school, but just keep them home. They read books to them. They buy curriculum. They teach them. And I thought to myself, how weird is that? From the ages of 5 through 8, 
18, I was daily shipped off to the local government school system in this town right here. And before we had kids, and actually when Lindsay was a little toddler, the idea that we would never put her in a local public school or private school, but that she would come out with a K through 12th grade education that was far superior than the one that I got, that was an absurd thought to me. But here you are at your high school graduation. And we'll get to you in a minute. But first, recognition goes to your mother. Honey, I, I didn't marry a mother and I didn't marry a homeschool teacher. I married a girl. And I love that girl and you're a treasure to me. But you are a mother and you have decided to homeschool. And I have to say that the love of that, the sacrifice, the constant stress, the anxiety, the faithful labor month in and month out and year in and year out and those many moments that these homeschool mothers know of hanging over the precipice of insanity in running a homeschool. At least in this kid, you can know at this point it has been worth it. And it has brought lots of closeness to all eight of us is a family and it is you yes with the help of Biola Star during the high school years but you have educated your daughter and if you were to go off into the marketplace and work and I was to stay home and educate these children from K through eighth grade I could not do it. Yeah. Being a substitute teacher here and there shows me it's impossible for me. <laughs> so, baby, you are amazing. And on behalf of all six of our kids and myself, and, and all six of them, maybe by the time they turn 30, they will get on their faces before you and they will say, Thank you. Job well done. The rest of my address is directly toward the graduate, and you are all welcome to listen in. Lindsay, you are dear to me. Teaching you Latin in the fourth, fifth, and sixth grades were sweet times. Teaching you Greek morphology and logic and being in constant dialogue over the issues of life and relationships and history and economics and human sexuality and politics and government and philosophy and theology has been a joy in my life. Having discussions over the authors that you had the privilege to read throughout your high school career, such as Augustine and Luther and Dante and Lincoln and Edwards and Chesterton and Lewis, and above all, the Bible, 
it has created a bond between father and daughter. And last summer, after church service, one Sunday morning in the church kitchen, when we were talking, and the stresses of life brought you to the breaking point, wonderful place that God loves us to get to at times. And you were sobbing in front of me. I knew that was a special moment. As everything was crashing down upon you and you struggled with relationships and with your future and with growing up and with SATs and with college applications and most importantly... Of all, you struggled with the gospel of Jesus Christ and whether your faith was real or whether it was just a remnant of your parents and being raised in this Christian home. And when you settled that issue over the next few months and your mom and I agreed that there are strong signs and evidences in your life that your faith is real. It's yours. It is birthed by the Spirit. You know Him, and more importantly, He knows you. And what your baptism represented last fall. Just remember this. Much more than this day, and what this day represents much more than your future studies at Biola University and in the Tory Honors Institute, what your baptism represented is most important of all. Let Jesus, let your Savior, through the Scripture and your daily worship of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, be your ongoing goal in all your studies in college and all you do in life. And now the rest that I have to say to her is a conversation she and I have been having for years. None of it will be new to her, but this is a joy to be able to say it to you formally at your graduation. I charge you, Lindsay, to never forget the goal of education. Because God exists, therefore reading and writing and math and logic are crucial. And that's why I'm really happy for your desire and that you got into the great pro books program at Biola because reading well doesn't mean being able to just pronounce the syllables of words but it means grasping facts and arguments and ideas and trains of thought of an author and doing it accurately it is the hard work of coming to terms with an author and the format of the Tory honors program with its Socratic method and the goal of your Tory professors will be at its core to continue to teach you to read and to do it well.
to deal honestly with authors and their arguments. And never forget this. And this is true whether you're reading an author who wrote 2,500 years ago, whether you're reading the Apostle Paul, whether you're reading a newspaper that came out this morning, whether you're having a conversation with your future husband or friends. This is true everywhere. Only, only when you have correctly understood the author. Only then do you have a right to agree or to disagree. Education, sweetie, is a God thing. It's a God thing because education is God's business. God created us with minds. Minds that think. And a good education is the training of the mind to think well. Not sloppily. God created the world we think about. We observe it. We make inductions. We use scientific method. We draw logical inferences from what we see and view and study. Logic exists because God is. He made logic. He is the ultimate standard for what is good and what is bad, for what is beautiful and what is ugly. And to ignore God in education, ultimately, sweetheart, is to be profoundly uneducated whether you have a bachelor's, a master's, or a Ph.D. And that's why in the LeMay School of Preparatory Education, we don't believe in unthinking indoctrination, but we believe in grappling with the great thinkers of history, whether Christian or non-Christian, because loving truth, whether it's scientific, logical, biblical, it is crucial in order to understand and ultimately come to appreciate the truth and the solidity of the Christian world view. Filling one's mind with a bunch of facts in order to regurgitate the answers on a test is a poor excuse for an education. Our purpose, sweetheart, for your education has been to help train your mind to listen and to think and to read and to express and to do all of that well. And none of that comes easily. And the ultimate ultimate reason for a rigorous training of the mind is that you could read the Bible and read it well for the intended meaning that was there long before you were born so that you can come to appreciate the kind of thinking the complex biblical passages demand of you like Paul's extended argument throughout the book of Romans or Galatians or Jesus' 
Sermon on the Mount. This is why your primary education on grammar, in syntax, in sentence diagramming, in logic, it is why understanding the way meaning is transferred through the connections of sentences, connections in paragraphs was so important to your life. So that you can read any book. You can read the great books. You could read the hardest books. But especially so you could read the Bible. The goal is to develop the skills of thinking through an author's thought after him. Sweetheart, it is true that the greatest book in the world, the 66 books that are the Bible, will not have its most crucial effect upon you without the work of the Holy Spirit and your affectionate love for God and for the Scripture. It's not a piece of literature to be toyed with in college. It is your fountain of life from which you are to drink prayerfully daily. That's true. But none of that changes the fact that apart from the discipline of reading the Bible and what it intends to communicate will not have any power for you well so Lindsay you've grown up in a day in an age where education has been dumbed down where colleges and universities don't believe that there is such a thing as objective truth of that which is good as opposed to evil of that which is beautiful as opposed to ugly so I charge you this day of light in a dark world that is fascinated with the trivial. There are some good living teachers out there. And my prayer and my hope and my expectation is that you will be fortunate enough to run across a number of them. Glean from those teachers. And there are some great dead teachers who have left behind their thoughts, their arguments, their ideas. And that's why I am happy and I am very supportive of your entering the Tory Honors Institute because these professors will be training you to read well, to represent authors accurately. That is such an important skill. Not just authors who put marks on a page, sweetie, but when you're emotional with a friend who is authoring their oral words. 
And not only that, but you will be reading the great books of Western civilization. You'll be sitting down with Homer and Plato and Aristotle and Irenaeus and Athanasius and Augustine and Aquinas and Dante and Luther and Calvin, Shakespeare and Pascal and Locke and Edwards and Abraham Lincoln and C.S. Lewis. Here's your charge. Here's the graduation charge. Don't waste it. And smiling now too. And as you pursue your continuing education and read the great minds of history, keep the Scripture as the only authority for all truth, for all faith, and for all practice. Because if you don't, your education and your thinking will become futile and it will become a deception to your heart. This is how the Apostle Paul says it in Romans 1. For God's invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made so that they and you and I are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Take that admonition seriously every day of your life. And my sweet, precious, gorgeous daughter, remember what God expects from you according to Micah 6.8. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And so, sweetheart, my encouragement to you on this day for the rest of your life in all your relationships and whatever happens in the dorms in a future marriage in your worship in your studies let the Lord continually humble you take God seriously 
take every jot and tittle and period and comma and therefore and because and sentence and paragraph in the Holy Scripture. Take it with blood, earnest seriousness. And don't take yourself so seriously. And not that you have a problem with this or no one misreads this. She doesn't. She has been blessed this way. Keep it. And I just want to say to you, be a person who throughout the years to come, in all your relationships, a person who is not easily offended. Seek intimacy with God and His Word as a desperate child always, baby. Because i got news for you. You can live in Neverland forever with God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I charge you with the words of our Lord Jesus. Lindsay, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your intellect. This is the great and the first commandment. This is our graduation. We don't have to be in a hurry and we can wait for planes to fly over. Finally, part of you, and I love this part of you, part of you feels like this graduation is a funeral of your childhood. I want you to remember that from that first day at Santa Monica Hospital after they yanked you out of mommy's belly and I held you, my first child, in my arms and looked at you in the face. From through the years and to this day and to the person that you have become, I love you deeply. And no matter what age or what stage of life or whether I and your mother are alive or dead, you will always be mom and dad's little girl. Come on up, baby. And now, for the presentation of the high school diploma, 
Will the graduating class of 2014 please stand up? Well, I haven't announced her yet. Wait your turn in line. Lindsay Rose LeMay. She doesn't know I'm going to do this, but please say a few words. Yes, what do you need? You want this off? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Most of you know that I have been dreading this day because, in a sense, it's the culmination of my childhood. But because I would not be the person I am today without all of those who have greatly impacted my life, for my speech, uh, I'm going to thank you who are part of Sovereign Grace Fellowship individually. And I'm not very, I'm not a very emotional person, so bear with me. Let's try to get through this. Okay. So, Chris, Toto, and Neil, you guys are like my little brothers. It feels like one of you is either always at my house or taking one of my brothers away. For the latter, I'm actually very grateful. I have known each of you for most of your lives, and it's been awesome to watch you grow up into the great young men you are becoming. To Barbara and Emily, you guys have not been in our church that long, but you already feel like family. Thank you for all the love, joy, and laughter you bring to my life. To Alex and Karina Camacho, I've only known you guys for about four years, but it seems like so much longer than that. <laughs> Not in a bad sense, like your presence has made the past four years so miserable that it seems like you've been around forever, uh, but because of how close we've become in that short amount of time. I appreciate all the time you guys have taken to hang out with me and to get to know me. Alex, you're an awesome older brother. Thanks for driving me to Disneyland like a bazillion times and for always being there when I needed to talk. Bob, you're probably the most rational person in my life. <laughs> you're fun to hang out with for an adult. And you're a great example of what it means to be a follower of Christ. I know that if I ever need anything, I can go to you. Thank you. Well, 
Johnny. <laughs> there was a time we didn't like each other. <laughs> we had totally different personalities. You were outgoing and talkative, and I was completely reserved and wouldn't let anyone in. The present, however, is an entirely different story. We talk all the time, not only about trivial matters, but about our lives. Thank you for listening to me and for opening up your home when my parents refused to pick me up from PV to Pedro or wherever the heck we were. <laughs> You're a great example of me, to me, of what it means to be a woman of Christ. Thank you. Uncle Serge and Auntie Trish. I don't call you my aunt and uncle for nothing. I have known you my entire life, and throughout that time, you have given me guidance and love. You have urged me to seek the Lord in all that I do. And when I was struggling with fear and doubt about salvation, you two were there with prayer and scripture. You, mo you model what it means to seek Christ with your whole being. To the good times, and in the times when it seems like the darkness cannot be overcome. Thank you for everything you do for me. Uncle Tom, you are my only blood-related uncle who actually is in my life. <laughs> and you're the only one who displays a passion for Christ that I can look up to. Thank you for loving me and taking the time to contribute to my life. Oh, and thank you for not letting me die in Greece. <laughs> Caleb, <laughs> you are the sweetest brother I have. <laughs> I, lo <laughs> I love the way you are so willing to protect your family and that you will not let anyone push you around. You are so tough, and yet you greet me every morning with a hug and a kiss and say I love you. Thank you for being so loving and for always making me swath. I love you. Matthew, you're way back there. <laughs> when you were a baby, I used to say that you were the only one who could make me smile. I don't really know why, but <laughs> I used to tell you everything, and then you grew to the point where you could actually understand what I was saying, and I kind of had to stop. <laughs> I treasure all those Saturday mornings we spent cuddled in bed watching cartoons. Thanks for being my excuse to go see kitty movies in the theaters. <laughs> and for being such a tender-hearted brother. I love you. Alex. <laughs> when I was little, you used to turn me into a princess and tell me stories. When I was a little older, we would have sleepovers which included staying up into the wee hours of the night, watching movies and talking, and which usually resulted in getting sick the next day. <laughs> uh, now, you take the time to find out what's going on in my life. You give me advice, and you still occasionally turn me into a princess. <laughs> You're an amazing woman of God, and I am so blessed that he has placed you in my life. Thank you for encouraging me to seek after him in all that I do. <laughs> You're the greatest big sister a girl could ask for. Andrew. 
<laughs> Remember that terrifying milestone of turning 13? We were convinced that when we became teenagers, the joy would be completely sucked out of life. <laughs> I mean, at nine, we were spies and experts in the art of ditching. At ten, we were Jedis. And at eleven and twelve, we were wizards battling the forces of evil. We thought all teenagerdom brought were zits, hormones, and more responsibilities. But it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. Yes, there are times of tears, pain, and uncertainty, but there are also many times of joy and celebration, and many daring adventures. Oh, the adventures! <laughs> Thank you for being by my side the good times and in the bad, even when I didn't deserve it. You're truly one of my best friends, and for your friendship, I am eternally grateful. Hannah, <laughs> you would not believe how much I longed for a sister amongst all these boys. <laughs> and finally, you came along. You have no idea what a joy you are to my life. I love the talks we have, fighting monsters by your side, and the crazy adventures you undertake. You are the best sister in the world. I love you so much. Michael, look at me. Growing up with you has been quite a ride. <laughs> we used to be at each other's throats all the time, battling for authority. Of course, I always won. But you would never give up. I admire your willpower and determination to conquer everything that comes in your path. You have a tender heart which balances you out and you feel and think deeper than most people I know. Thank you for keeping me accountable when I am wrong and for giving me help when I need it. Thank you for all the memories we've shared through the years. I love you. <laughs> Grandma, I don't know if you... <laughs> Some of my fondest memories are when you would sing to me along with the music box when I was crying. And we would make <laughs> grilled cheese sandwiches and have a picnic in this backyard. You're an amazing woman. I'm the best grandma in the world. I love you. Okay. Danny. <laughs> We've known each other since we were nine. And I cannot tell you how amazed I am that I have not killed you yet. <laughs> You're annoying in an endearing kind of way. <laughs> and you keep me on my toes. You provide me with a competition I need to better my mind and my comebacks. <laughs> and you are the only person I get jealous about my dad with. <laughs> yes, yes. <sighs> Together, we embarked the, on the grueling task of Tour Academy. And although you may disagree, I am glad we did. Because not only did it provide me with the usual Tory benefits, but I believe it grew our friendship. You probably know more about me 
than many people here simply because of the discussion and all the time we spent with those crazy people. <laughs> <I'm shaking. sighs> I know from experience that you'll always be there when I need you. Thanks for all the sarcasm, laughs, <laughs> and great talks. It has been a pleasure to grow up with you, Seaweed Brain. Surge, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> We've been through so much together, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> but uh, between the ages of, I think it was five to eight, we were married so many times <laughs> because we were always a prince and princess. We were inseparable and had so many plans, like building that tree house, which will still happen when we get all the supplies. <laughs> we shared many obsessions, like Birds of Terabithia, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, the list goes on and on. We became the characters, and our imaginations ran wild. Then life hit, and innoc the innocence of childhood was taken. Suddenly, wielding the imagination wasn't so easy anymore. Life threw us both crazy curveballs. When I felt like I was drowning in the pains of life, you seemed to sense it. You asked me how I was doing and pray for me. You have no idea how much those times helped me get through some of the toughest situations. I'm so thankful that the Lord has blessed me with you. One of my oldest friends who will always be there when I need him most. Thanks for being a great big brother. And Teresa. <laughs> you are one of my biggest inspirations. I have watched as you've gone through unbelievable pain, sorrow, and anxiety. Yet, instead of withdrawing away into nothing, withering away into nothing, you turn to God to give you strength. You praise Him in the midst of dark circumstances and continue to proclaim the gospel. You take care of Grandma and have done an amazing job at raising Alyssa. I have inherited much from you, like my taste for food, my love of travel. Thank you for all those amazing trips and the excitement I get from a mystery. I can let my guard down around you and tell you anything. And I love the conversations we have about the Lord. You are truly the best aunt in the world. I'm sorry to all my other aunts, but it's true. <laughs> and you're like my second mom. I love you. Justin. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to cry. <sighs> yes, you are my brother. <laughs> but you are also one of my closest friends. When we were younger, we would share secrets and go on life-threatening adventures. We still kind of do that, but anyways, I would dress you up as a girl, and yes, <laughs> pretend you were my little sister. You know you liked it. <laughs> you were my sidekick, and used to follow me around everywhere. And you used to look to me to protect you. 
Now it's funny, but the roles have kind of reversed. You've grown into a strong young man. And you have made it your responsibility to protect me. You know what? I'm scared. <laughs> or in trouble, and you come to my aid. You let me rant to you about the pains of life and my troubles. You're so easy to talk to. You're a great listener. I know we get to choose our friends, and we can't choose our family. But even if you weren't my brother, I'd still choose you as my friend. I love you. Lissa, look at me. <laughs> You've been there through it all. We were in diapers together. <laughs> we were princesses together. We rode Thunder Mountain together over <laughs> and over. Like the same movies and tried to match our clothes. <laughs> we made up games and knew all the best hiding spots where we can get away from the boys. <laughs> we have gotten in trouble together and shared in each other's joys. We have embarked on many great adventures together, from protecting Justin from evil witches, to getting lost while in, the, while in a car in an unknown area. <laughs> we make a great team. You panic, and I pretend like nothing's wrong. <laughs> we balance each other out. <laughs> I'm fine. Now, we are beginning to set out on yet another adventure together, adulthood. Who knows where this journey will take us? The future is uncertain. But I know one thing for sure, because you have proven it to me time and time again. You will always have my back, and I will always have yours. You are my cousin, my best friend, and my sister. And I will love you forever and always. Mom and Dad, <laughs> you have given me my best childhood ever, which is probably why I'm so sad to leave it behind. You have provided me with an environment which has allowed my imagination to my imagination and wonder to thrive. You have never given me any cause to worry about my well-being. Over the years, I have witnessed struggles in the marriages of many of my parents' friends. 
and the marriages of my friend, many of my friends' parents. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I've come to realize how blessed I am that you two love each other. Too many flames here. Thank you, oh my gosh, I'm just gonna go. Thank you for putting your marriage above me and my siblings. Because you're all truly better off because of it. Mom, you have given up everything for me. I have been told, and I believe it is true, that no one truly knows what it means to die to themselves until they have children whom they love. You have gone above and beyond of what was required by you, of you, by choosing to homeschool. It takes away from so much of what you could be doing if we were in public school, but you choose to die to yourself every day and do what is best for us, what do you think is best for us. I remember and treasure the times we would read the Sing Spell, read and write books, and I would get to pick out a prize from the treasure chest when I won a game. Math used to be fun. <laughs> when you got to read stories about a clown and his pet seal. And history came alive through the American Girl books. I look back fondly on all of those nights when I found it impossible to go to sleep. And I would get up and we would just talk for a long time. I know I was a selfish, rude, prideful teenager, <laughs> and you thought that I would break hell wide open. <laughs> but somehow, you still managed to love me and sacrifice yourself for me. You called me out of my sin, and you advised me to run to the Lord. You are this woman in Proverbs 31. Give me a sec. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. <laughs> the person who is standing right here is a result of the time and effort that you have put into growing her. Not just educationally, but spiritually. You have prayed for and advised me as I was wrestling with whether I was saved or not and pointed me to God. You've been so patient and kind and you are one of my best friends. You are a strong woman of God 
and I strive to be half of the woman you are. Your reward will truly be great in heaven. You are amazing. Thank you for everything. I love you. Dad? <laughs> you have been my idol from the beginning. I won't say that again. <laughs> you brought me to the beach and put me in the ocean before I was a week old. You dressed me in Notre Dame clothes and made me watch the games before I could walk. You introduced me to C.S. Lewis at the age of three or four through Narnia. At ages five to eight, we danced around your study to Mozart all the time, and you would plead with me to walk on your legs. At seven, you let me come to church with you early and help you set up. You let me read Harry Potter at eleven, thank God, and supported me all through Tori. There are many more things that happened in between, and they may, may seem like small things to most people, but they have greatly impacted me. I have watched as you have led not only your own family, but your church family. You have instilled within me a sense of tradi tradition and taught me to rely on the Lord always. You rejoice, well, you rejoice more than anyone at my accomplishments, <laughs> and you always advise me to have no regrets, even if it means doing something terrifying. <laughs> You've been by my side every step of the way throughout high school and the college application process, making sure I got the best out of my education. You have taught me more about the world, life, and what it means to be a Christian than any class could ever do. We banter playfully all the time, which, may, which many people may think is unhealthy, <laughs> but I ignore them <laughs> because I know Because I know that we have the best relationship that any father or daughter has ever had, or will have. I can trust you with anything, because I know that you always have my back. You are my principal, teacher, pastor, <laughs> friend, but above all else, you are my loving father. <laughs> I am so blessed that the Lord has assigned you as the man to protect me, to make me laugh, to wipe the tears from my cheek, and to teach me about him in this life. I love you more than you will ever know. Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing that any of you would care about me but that God 
the creator of the universe, he that is perfectly good and just, would love me enough to die for me? That is truly amazing. Thank you, God, for providing me with everything that I need and for blessing me with all of these amazing people. Because besides salvation, that is truly the greatest gift in the world. Thank you, guys. I'm done now.
graduating class of 2014.